All right, we're live, but no, I'm not editing anything. This is 100% one take, bro. You need to work on your editing, bro. I don't need to edit a podcast. <laughs> if you if you say something that needs to be edited, then you really, really screwed up. In case I cuss. Fuck! I, again, not editing. So all the 18-year-old or 7-year-old kids that listen to it. That's my demographic, bro. The demographics, to- middle school kids, are just finding out what podcasts are. They're about to be scarred with all the stories we got. All right, let's start with the Clippers. What do you got, Sam? What do I got? I mean, I think this whole situation is hilarious. Let's talk about Clint Capello first off. I mean, first off, Sam or Zach, did you like research? I it? did a little. Bit, yeah, exactly. I did a little bit of research last night. I know Clint Capella uh, came knocking on the door. I also heard that Chris Paul, obviously being you know a former member of the Clippers, was aware of like some secret tunnels or something like that to get into the the locker room. There's like an alternative entrance into the locker room and. He led Clint Capella and the boys, you know, on this escapade to, you know, I don't know who, who, like all the guys that were involved, but, um, yeah, I heard, I mean, I've got the basic idea of what happened. Sounds kind of crazy. So I heard, I heard that it was Trevor Ariza trying to go in there and like fight Austin Rivers and that James Harden and uh, Chris Paul were trying to like hold him back. <clears throat> And then for some reason, Clint Capella went and knocked on like the main entrance of the locker room. They opened the door and looked at him. They're like, what are you doing? And just shut the door on his face, which is hilarious. You guys saw the reaction with Charles Barkley and Shaq. That was, that, that was so hilarious. You guys saw yeah, that? Or no? where they were like, they're I saw laughing that. about it because they're like, why would you, yeah, why would you need security to take care of, uh, of Chris Paul or whatever, you know, cause he's short and but Chris, yeah, you don't want to mess around with Chris Paul though. He's five foot. I would agree. I don't know what he's thinking. I mean, I'm taking Chris Paul over Austin Rivers. For sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll take that. But I I might take me over Austin Rivers. Here's the thing about basketball fights, though, is they're never real. Like you maybe you maybe get one punch in and then someone did you see the Aaron Aflalo one last night? Aflalo got a nice haymaker in last night. He got a nice one and then he just got big boyed and got put in a headlock for like four seconds. Yeah. That was a nice headlock. Yeah, but it was a great. I mean, he had a solid punch. He did. That was yeah. like he, that was, was a really- that was a real one. The problem is like cast in the NBA don't fight. They act like try to pretend like they're gonna fight, but then it usually ends up to be like one or two like shoves, and then eighteen people come and break it up. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, I mean, over the years, the last few fights, but I can't. I remember the, I mean, that one, was one of- the one that always sticks out for me was when Shaq got into a fight with Brad Miller. I think when Brad Miller was still with the Bulls. You remember that one? Was it sec- Are you sure Brad was the Bulls or was, sec- it was still second? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure. It might have been the Bulls, but I'm not 100% sure. But I just remember Shaq took a swing at this dude. I mean, if he would have connected, that guy, I mean, his life might have ended that day, dude. Dude, what's crazy is to think about – if the thing at the palace happened like nowadays with social media and if like players went into the stands like they did, that was nuts. Yeah. With the yeah, Pacers. Both. I can't remember who they were playing. Yeah, it was, uh, Pacers Indian- and, yeah, it was the Pacers and the Pistons. Yeah. That, that was a bit. I mean, we saw Kyle Lowry and Ben Simmons go at it too. Like, but they were just bit. talking though. Cause that's Actually, the same. That's the same thing I would do. Is like just talk. You know, met up in the hallway. Just talk. Nobody met up in the hallway, bro. I mean, because <sighs> here's the thing: they're all 
worth multi millions of dollars and they have contracts coming up and they're like, yo, we're not going to actually fight about this. And then they're fine. Yeah. I feel like it's really overall just not worth it. Um, going back to, going back to the Clippers thing, I was really excited when I was doing the research on it um, because I heard there's like a bunch of hilarious memes out there. I was kind of disappointed by the memes that I saw. I didn't really think the memes were that funny. Blake Griffin tweeted something that was kind of funny. The happy birthday or the birthday party thing? No, Blake Griffin tweeted like a uh, a gif of the Joker walking away from that building that he, or like the hospital that he blew up or something. Yeah. But it just goes to show these guys like don't take it seriously. Like it's not a real fight. Everything yeah. Is- I, was, I was laughing so hard because I think somebody tweeted like, it was the most entertaining night. Since uh, Mark Cuban driving around Dallas trying to get into the universe, <laughs> that that situation was funny. Too. I remember I was tweeting about that that day about that situation. The DeAndre Jordan one. Yeah, Zach, did you hear about that one? No, I, I I've never. Uh, I don't think I've looked up into that one yet. What happened with that? Yeah, when they both flew. To, who flew? Was it DJ and Chris Paul went to DJ's house? It was Blake Griffin and Chris Paul flew to. DeAndre yeah, Jordan's house. Yeah, and then Mark because DeAndre committed verbally to sign to Dallas. I remember that. And then Chris Paul and Blake, I could be wrong, I got all the pieces wrong, but they flew down to DJ's house and Mark Cuban didn't know where DJ lives. So Mark Cuban was asking random people on the street how to get to DJ's house. I guess it's a nice neighborhood and stuff, so but I guess it's kind of also, like it's at so that weird. point, you got to realize that it's probably not looking out too good for you. <laughs> like, you don't even know the guy's address. You really think he's going to yeah. sign? Like, he's not texting you back. And what happens if yeah. he, so he's just going to show up at his house and Doc Rivers is there with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul? You don't think that's going to be fun- a little bit awkward? The funny thing, all this, um, the commotion was being reported that Mark was looking for his house and then Chris Paul and Blake Griffin were. Uh, tweeting live photos like they got the chair locked to the door. It was so funny. Yeah, dude, the NBA is dope right now. There's always like yeah, every always week. Going. There's there's every week there's some type of story in the NBA that just kind of blows your mind. Yeah, just a non just a non basketball related story. Yeah, it's like wait, those are the best. The, when it doesn't pertain to basketball, sometimes those things can can be pretty entertaining. Yeah, I mean, wait till we get to my stories. Not about my life story, but yeah, we don't have enough time for that. We have three and a half hours on the podcast for Sam. <laughs> we're going Joe Rogan style, so we're gonna have a four hour podcast. I, I, gotta be, I gotta be somewhere in Boston. And you tried to be calling for a weekend. That didn't work out. All right, Zach. Need you come off the ball screen. That's just because I've got the I mean Luke's seen it. Luke's seen the the you know the the pocket bounce pass. I can throw the skip pass. I can throw I've gotten a lot better at throwing lobs. There's a good lob story from uh, from pre-draft that, you know, I came in, didn't throw very good lobs, so I was getting a lot of crap for that. But me and Thon, you know, got back into it and practiced the next day, and I got a lot better. So my lob game is up there now. I used to be really bad at lobs because, like, I never threw, like, I didn't throw lobs. <laughs> yeah, because you played with a bunch of probably, like, six-foot-tall white kids. Yeah, I was like, I can, I can hit you right in your shooting pocket. Yeah, but exactly. At the rim, I'm just kind of guessing. <laughs> right. And that's how and that's kind of how it was for me too. I mean, I hadn't thrown a lob and shoot, I don't know. 
like five years or something like that. And I just threw a couple bad lobs and you know how it is. Rattled. But that's okay. It was like the first day. Yeah. I remember when I was in LA, I was rebound or I was a, uh, I was on one side helping with a workout with um, Clean Anthony early, and Drew was on the other side oh, with like Brad Beal or something. Oh, What'd you say? Why are these in the league anymore? I don't know. What is he doing? I'll, I'll still take him. Um, by the way, you're cutting out a bunch, Sam. So there's that. Um, but like the workout ended, we do that like sw- switch two free throws in a row, then bounce it for a dunk. Sound better? Yeah. And I'd never done that before. <laughs> and I bounced this thing way too high up. And uh, I'm just super glad Drew didn't see it. So that's kind of Did he go get it still? He uh, he laid it in. <laughs> okay. He oh, laid it man. in, you know. Because, I, I mean, usually usually the nice thing about, like, working with or, like, being a part of workouts with NBA guys with that, you know, that's the routine – yeah, I mean you can you can throw it where you can throw it wherever you want, and that guy's gonna go up and dunk. Yeah, it, it was a yeah. So you for know. him to lay it in, that just kind of shows you how bad the. Uh, it was pretty high up. Pretty there. high up. I got a little. I uh, got a little nervous. A little sweaty hands, and I just kind of let it rip. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean those NBA balls are tough to handle. That's what I'm blaming it on. You know? you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's probably the ball. <laughs> so, good. Wasn't it? You were there when we had the photographer there that weekend, it was. so. We got some good photos from yeah. that weekend. I'm assuming that that's why the photographer was there. Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah. Because he... <laughs> no, it's definitely because of Clean Anthony early. Hey, dude. I'll... Clean Anthony, if you're still listening, um, 816-863-7003. We'd love to get you in the gym this summer. I think we can really improve your game. Wherever you're playing at. <laughs> he, was, dude, he was a monster in college. Yeah, shout out David Nwaba. Jesus. Anyway, next question. He's doing good stuff. <laughs> Proud. Uh, Markel Fultz, his jumper. What are we doing here? <clears throat> like, Zach, you've seen it. You've so, seen the clips. So first off, I want to, and again, I did. I did a little bit of research. I'm I'm a big research guy. Um. Everything from what I understand, you know, obviously he was a, around 40%, I think, in college. Um, and he was a good free throw shooter. So usually those, those types of things project well. Um, so, I mean, it's not like he's a bad shooter, or at least history shows he's not a bad shooter. It sounds like there was something, I mean, what Sam said yesterday when we were talking, it sounds like his trainer decided to make a few changes or and then there's this thing. It's a big mystery, man. I don't know what's going on. There's the shoulder issue. Um, but, I mean, the fact of the matter is the guy looks like a first grader when he's trying to shoot the basketball right now. So, I don't know. I mean, where do you, you start right in front of the rim and you try to just my thing is make a thousand How is it ball go in a bunch? or Because I, I don't think you're doing any help, you know, just trying to rep it from NBA 3 because it, it just looks broken. So, hold up, hold up. So basically, just not to talk shit about anybody, just obviously the trainer made an adjustment to Markel's shot. Um, but the one thing that I'm very confused about is why is the shot looking even worse well, now? Okay. So, well, that's what we're trying I mean, to So the trainer out. changed it. But there's no way that the trainer changed it to look like this. Like, I don't know what he did or like no. what his reasoning, but I don't think he went complete overhaul. Like, we're going to scratch everything. Like, there's no shooting coach in the world 
that's going to be like, hey, I want you to put it like at your right nipple and then just throw it at the rim, which is basically like how he's shooting the ball right, right now. And so I, right. So and I don't know. And there's is a he hurt? Like, is, is it shoulder? He can't click his shoulder all the way or something? Well, there's, guys, oh, go ahead, Sam. I'm sorry. You guys understand that, yes, he changed his shot. Yes, he was shooting a different way before. But now his shot – I mean, you guys seen the new uh, replay of his, of his shot, right, in workouts, right? So it was on Instagram. It was kind yeah, of blowing up a little bit. Honestly, that looks a lot better than it did like a, a month and a half or two months ago, to be honest with you. It still looks terrible. Right. That's exactly I mean, what yeah, – there was like two – I follow the 76ers beat reporter, and he tweeted out, like three clips of them playing one on one, and he airballed two threes. Two of the three clips were airballs. And wait, that's another thing I don't understand. Why are they putting that stuff out there? How are they not getting because it's probably an open practice? But why would they put that out? Like, it's making right, him look bad. That's kind of his. Someone asked him that, and his reasoning was I mean, I'm a beat reporter for the team. This is a big story. So if. You know, if he's practicing in the public and I can see it, then why get, can't you guys see it? Like, this is what's happened. It's not like it was a closed workout and he just like slid through a crevice in a window. It was like it was an open practice. Like, yeah, I know. It's, I'd be different. I don't know. I, I'd feel insecure with my jump, my, my shot, you know, if I was. It's just like, a super weird. I feel like a lot of it's mental because he's a hooper. Like, that was his thing in college is like, yo, I can give you buckets. And. Yeah, I loved him. I mean, he killed – I mean, he and Jason went toe-to-toe. I saw him ever since they played against in high school, and I was like, damn, you know, this kid is actually really good. I mean, um, I don't know if you guys saw that game, but they beat them. I can't remember what class it was during high school, but that's what was like, okay, damn, this is the guy Jason is going to compete with in college. It looks year. to me like no. he just doesn't trust his shoulder. Like to me, that's the only, and I want to say yeah, that he's shooting. He's shooting it. He's shooting it really far out in front of super his face far too. out, really far. Have you guys seen? There's. I'm looking at a clip of him shooting a free throw right now. And first of all, like his his routine getting into his free throw, it looks like he like he's trying to like flip the ball to himself to like put it in his pocket. He's like yeah. the ball. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like it's on his fingertips, and it's in his palm, and then it's on his fingertips, and it's in his palm, and he shoots it just as far as he possibly can out in front of his face. And then, of course, just bricks the free throw. So there's not a lot of good stuff out there on Markel's shot right now. I just hope that – I hope he gets figured out. I think – yeah, I hope so too. He seems like a good guy. He needs – I think, in my opinion, I don't know what you guys think about this. I, I mean, he needs to get away from the three-point line for a little bit, I think. There's not a lot of good stuff of him shooting threes out there, get next to the rim – Try to just get back to what was working, you know, before he got to the NBA. Um, I mean, this it's just bad, man. It reminds me of – it's very similar to Charles Barkley's golf swing. <laughs> just herky-jerky. Like, I saw a tweet out there. Yeah, herky-jerky. I saw a tweet the other day saying, looking at Markel Fultz's shot is like looking at Charles Barkley's golf swing and knowing once that Charles Barkley had like the same swing as Tiger Woods. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he, can, he can be okay, and then it's just it's weird for me to see like why the jump shot is still the way it is. Yeah, I mean, like my thing: my- if you're him, if I'm Markel Fultz right now, I'm depressed. 
because <laughs> my whole life I'm a bucket getter, and now all of a sudden, like I can't, like my form's not even the same. And like, I don't like how, okay. So even if your trainer's like, all right, we're going to change your shot. You still had 19 years of your life where you shot a certain way. So it wouldn't be like, we, we know how hard it is to change a shot, like in general. So you're telling me it was that drastic of a change in like a month and a half of pre-draft or whatever. And there's no way that the 76ers drafted him. If he came into their workouts, they traded or whatever. They came into their workouts and he was shooting like that. No way. No, so, yeah, like, I know, this happened I within, like, three like weeks of, of some time period. So, I almost think maybe it's his shoulder, and then maybe, I don't, but, I don't know. But then they, like, sat him out. Did they sit him out because the shoulder was messed up? Or did they sit him out because they were like, hey, you're not good right now, and we're not going to expose you to the world? <laughs> I actually think, you know, something was hurting his shoulder. Uh, I think that part of it is true, 100%. Yeah, it looks like he's favoring it for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be okay. Like, another thing, what I wanted, obviously he spins a lot. Like, do you guys teach spinning a lot in your workouts? I, obviously, I know that the spinning for like one, but a do you guys like a spin move? Yeah, like spin moves. If I tell my guys, like, if you spin, uh, I don't want them spinning in a half-court setting, um, obviously. I I guess my thing is, like, if you spin, it better be yeah. a score. Um, right. Right. Yeah, and that's kind of what yeah. I was going to say. That's the reason why I don't really teach that is because you basically, after you spin, you pretty much have to score. You know what I mean? You have no other option. So I like giving, especially, you know, with the clientele that I work with, it's mostly high school, middle school, or excuse me, middle school, high school, and college guys. Um, I like to give them as many options as you can possibly have. When you spin, you're kind of limited. You look out of control. That's the other thing too. Officials usually won't reward you if you look out of control. The other thing um, though is like, so, yeah, to answer how question, much not do really. you really have not to? Like, yeah, a spin sure. seems like a th- like some people are just hoopers, and a spin is kind of just like a natural thing that happens within like a basketball game. Like if someone's you're driving, someone cuts you off, boom, you spin. Like to me, that that's something that's just more like reactionary, more so than like, hey, let's rep this out. Mm. And so, yeah. like, a lot of my guys spin, but a lot of it's because a lot of my guys are just good players that can, like, feel the game. But, like, I'm not going to have them, like, five reps in a row mm-hmm. come down to spin and go finish. Like, I, I don't know. It's There's other – like, I feel like you already have that. Like, that seems like a pretty simple thing that you probably already have. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was wondering what you guys thought. I know, you know, Drew was a big thing about no spinning and stuff like that, but – um, I was saying that because Markel actually, you know, when he spins going right, it's. I mean, he's a good player. Bad. He's just shooting like my mom right now. He's uh, he, he's shooting. He's played four games this year. He hasn't shot any threes. He's shooting fifty percent from the free throw line, and he's shooting thirty three percent from the. So field. he's like Lonzo Not Ball. Great. <laughs> yeah, pretty uh, much. That's an. But let's. It, that's another issue. I think Lonzo, we're getting to the point where we can almost say that Lonzo's underrated. I think, dude, Lon- I love Lonzo's game. Like, there's, what'd you say, Sam? I've never complained, I've never complained about his game, just his shot. Like, I hear stories that he will literally walk out of the gym. If any trainers, anybody says about changing his shot, he just 
walks out. Like that's the thing that scares me is that he's not willing to change it. And honestly, like he's going to have to. Yeah. I mean, my philosophy when it comes to like quote unquote changing a player's shot, first of all, I've got guys that have weird release, you know, weird releases, weird looking shots. They're not like textbook form or anything like that. Sometimes they're not even like with perfect balance. Uh, Luke, I know you saw a video of one of my guys who beat obviously Doug McDermott's record for the, uh, was that that three in a row and five in a row drill got in 53 seconds. He's shooting NBA threes. I mean, this kid, like he shoots, he makes probably a thousand shots every single day. He's one of those guys. He's just a crazy hard worker. He's been shooting the same way his whole life. It works. And I've never talked to him about changing things. You know what I mean? Like he's all over the place. He twists. He turns, um, but his his follow through is just money. He finishes so the same like way every single time, and I mean the kid makes shots. Like like you look at yeah, Steph Curry's yeah, shot, kinda. and it's like okay, like that's not really what we're trying to teach. But his follow through is like the exact same every time, and it's so super smooth. He just snaps everything, right? Like, whatever. So, right. So I mean, if you if you can if a player makes shots, I'm not looking to change it. I get. Um, and until it becomes an issue where they're not making shots in games, which is the point that I'm getting to for a guy like Mark L. Fultz, for a guy like Lonzo Ball, I mean, I'm starting to think – at first I thought that Lonzo would just struggle um, shooting off the dribble. Yeah. But even his spot – yeah, even his spot-ups has just been, have been terrible this year. So, I mean – Over the past month, just a little bit better. Or was he going through a whole stretch that he was hitting – I saw a um, tweet that he was shooting like forty seven or forty four percent from three for the last like nine games he's played or something, which is obviously like doable. Um, yeah, that, the only problem with Lonzo's shot is yeah, we can live with that. He does kind of the same thing KD does, where he like brings it like to his left side. The thing like KD gets it back though to where it needs to be. Lonzo like doesn't, and so I guess my only problem with his shot is like that seems super hard to duplicate that shot every single time because there's so much movement like with. The you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a ton of ball right. movement there, yeah, when, so it's like impossible to get the same with- shot over and over and over and over. Um, but dude, as a player, like, the game is different for the Lakers when he's on the floor. The pace of the game, the ball movement, just in, it's just different. Like, he just brings something that like other cats don't. I like his game. Uh, so mean, Sam, you're a big great. Lakers fan. I'm a huge yeah. Lakers fan. What's their move right now? What do they need to do? I mean, I mean, it's no secret that they're shopping Jordan and Julius, and I think Larry Nance now just to swing the deal. I used to think LeBron was going um, there. Now I'm like, ah, yeah. he's probably going to Houston if he goes anywhere. Yeah, no chance. Hey guys, before we move away from Lonzo Ball, just going back to me saying he's underrated. I don't get why people are hating on this kid. He's what, 19 years old? He's averaging 10.2 points a game, seven rebounds, seven his assists. How's his dad? Yeah, I know. That's what I was just about to say. I mean, if his dad is anybody but LeVar Ball, we're probably saying, like, oh, he's the next Jason Kidd. And I love LeVar you know Ball. What I mean? So, like what people were me. saying before. I don't agree. I'm going to have to explain okay. yourself on so that. So I don't one. agree with a lot of stuff he says. I think he says stuff that's really, really stupid. And the stuff he said about um, uh, Luke Walton was super uncalled for and just like overall dumb to put your son in that situation. 
but I like people who like to like change up the status quo and I don't know if he's going to be successful, but I think he's going to open up doors for other people to be successful. As far as I like the idea of, I'm a big like player should have control because they're the ones doing things. So like for someone to come out of college and have their own brand mm-hmm. is super cool to me. Like, I think that's dope. Um, I think they're the JBA league that they're talking about starting. I don't think it's going to get off the ground with big baller brand, but I think it's going to change the way the NBA does things. Um, and maybe the way the NCAA does things, if some other bigger partner can come along and say, Hey, these kids need to get paid in college that are bringing in billions of dollars. And so like, I agree with all that stuff. I agree with like, the other thing is most dads think that their kid is like the best thing in the world. The problem is we're just continuing to put a microphone in this guy's face over and over and over and over and over. And you know what he's going to say. And it's like Rick Carlisle kind of said it like, who is like, why are we, why is this a story? This is a dad. But yet like, we want to listen to everything he says and it gets made into like this big thing. ESPN talks about it a ton, which is big for him. He's basically the Donald Trump of like sports. He, he just says, right. And we're feeling, the, it's all we're feeling the fire right now. I mean, the fact that we're even talking about him is the reason yeah. why, you know, you know what I mean? Like that's for me, that's the biggest issue is so many people are, I don't know if people are actually legitimately interested you know what I mean? Like, I feel like ESPN covers everything that he does and people are interested because, like, it's available. Like, if LeVar Ball just disappeared and we never heard from him ever again and he just hung out in Lithuania for the rest of his life, I, I wouldn't really well, care, think, like, what's going on with LeVar yeah. Ball. I wouldn't be I like, think it's him you know saying I mean? stuff and then also him doing, like, it's not like it's just a dad saying things. It's a dad saying things with a player in the NBA who has their own shoe with their own company. It's a dad saying things who dropped their kids out of school to go over to Lithuania. You know what I mean? Like, so I was on, yeah, and I was on the same page with you to a certain extent on Labar prior to him. Here's here's my biggest issue. Okay, so Leandro goes to China with UCLA. He steals. Have you ever heard him talk? Right. Yeah. I mean, he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I've never heard him talk. I've never heard. Never heard uh, the the younger one talk either. (laughs) Hot girlfriend, big baller brand, bro. (laughs) All right. So anyway, so anyway, Leangelo goes over. He steals some stuff from China. I mean, he could have been in prison for like some serious time. He gets out of that, and then basically, Lavar Ball says, by taking him out of UCLA, you don't, you know, when you do something wrong, you don't have to because you you are who you are. You don't have to, you know, see out your punishment. You don't have to see that through. Uh, basically that you can do whatever you want. My biggest, and that's one of my issues. The other issue is um, like, what's he doing for these kids? Like Leangelo, obviously, like you said, he's probably the worst out of the three. What are you doing for the younger one that like, apparently I haven't, I don't know much about the kid. I don't, I haven't really watched him a whole lot, but like I have seen that like guys like Gilbert Arenas and Kevin Durant have come out and said some really good things about the kid. Like, what are you doing to help that kid by taking him over to Lithuania and having play essentially amateur? You know, he's playing like they're playing amateur basketball over there. Not they're not playing right. professional basketball. But what's that different they're between playing, that and you know a kid I mean? playing? Like, I look really up, bad like, high school basketball here. Well, I don't think my he thing is, now, I think I I don't know. Like, 
he can't. That's and that's what I'm getting to. He can't go to college now. So, like, in my opinion, that would be the best opportunity for a kid like that to develop to go and play college basketball. Because Lamelo is definitely getting drafted. Leangelo is not getting drafted. But what makes you think I mean, Lamelo is going to get drafted? He's a six-six he, point guard. He's he will 16. be. I mean, I'll put like, money on pretty... it. Exactly. Zach, I mean, Zach, how much you want to put on it, bro? I mean, I'm just saying, like, what what makes you think he's going to get drafted? (laughs) Yeah, like what? I mean, he actually has talent. He's going to be really good. I mean. Well, that's good. But the thing is, like, I just have a problem with, and I get, like, these are your kids. You're You're the father, you know. But, like, I, I don't know. If I'm LaMelo, like, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't want to be playing in Lithuania. And I, I've heard things, you know, on social media that it's, like, borderline embarrassing. Like, they can't play even at the level that they're – like, they, they didn't – like, they didn't haven't done anything in any of the games that they played in. Right. Against legitimate competition. When they play in the professional league, they don't play because the coach is afraid to play. I think it was a power move for their brand. Play against men. And – that could be they kind have. of selfish, um, obviously, if you're not worrying about the kids. But I think that it's allowed a like, big baller brand to be kind of like a global, a global thing. Um, it's huge in like Lithuania now, which is weird. Um, I don't know. Yeah, he had like he they had both had like one. twenty, but they were playing like the amateur. They weren't playing like Zach said. They weren't pl- playing like the pros. They were playing the amateur. Basically, the JV version of the squads, I think. Oh, gotcha. And then they have a. Oh my god, that's what I'm saying. Like, really it's kind of crazy. Right I get it, but also it's kind of cool. <laughs> I don't know. It brings. Yeah, I mean, you read the <clears throat> ESPN didn't write the article. But somebody else wrote the article saying that former ESPN employees got fired. And they wanted to cover other things, but they were told by upper management to cover the ball stuff. I mean, it's all about entertainment. It just doesn't matter if it doesn't have substance. Yeah. It's just I mean, what, what's going to get more the first, clicks. They were the first like real Facebook show. Like, they were the first Facebook really, show to ever launch, which is kind of cool. Um, oh, it's pretty good. Like if you watch it, okay, these guys aren't. It's not bad. It's pretty. I mean, I. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Facebook threw a bunch of money. No, at even it. the editing's pretty um, good too. I don't know. Can we move past Lonzo Ball now? Yeah. We, I want to stay on the Lakers though, Sam. What's your opinion? Like, I don't yeah, think I'm they're ready. getting LeBron. At first, I would, I was 100% in on it. Um, well, it's guaranteed me that that stuff was happening next year. So, I mean, that same person guaranteed me about wait, Kyrie. Someone guaranteed so, that uh, LeBron was going to LA to you? I get it. I just don't yeah. get it. Like I think unless unless he feels like there's no chance well, that he loses, beats the Warriors no matter what, loses. and then I can see it. It's like, okay, let me let me go to LA. You already his mentality already gave back to uh Cleveland. Already delivered championships. So I mean he's always looked be, after himself. This he's always a made a basketball decision, decision for himself. This would be a like, career decision. You go to LA, then he went like that's what I'm saying. Like if he if he looks at it and and says yeah. okay, but I think because right now the Warriors are a lot better than the Cavs. 
Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Toronto's looking good. I think Boston his move, good. basketball, I think his move career wise is go to LA. Cause then I think he's even like, not that LeBron can get bigger, but I think he would tend to get bigger for another year or two. Um, career wise, I'm trying to make him move to Houston. That's so crazy. I, I don't think it makes any sense for him to go to LA. I think he should either go to. Here's a three that I was thinking about the other day. I like the idea of going to Houston. Will there be enough basketballs to go around? CP and James Harden. I wasn't sure, but, you know, obviously things are working out okay for them. Love both of those guys. Uh, if they get LeBron, they can beat the Warriors for sure, in my opinion. They're going to have a, a really solid chance. Um, if he, But now they're in the Western Conference, and obviously, you know, that's a little bit more difficult than the East, although the East is getting a little bit better. If he wants to stay in the East, I thought about that last night. What are our thoughts on Philadelphia? Um, It feels – I don't know, man. I feel like if he leaves and doesn't go to L.A., he's going to want to have a chance to step in and win a championship like right away. And so now all of a sudden you have Ben Simmons who can't really shoot, Mm -hmm. and then you have LeBron. And LeBron kind of likes to dominate the ball. So then what do you do with a guy like Ben Simmons? That's a good point. And that's kind of what I was thinking about too. JJ Reddick's on a one-year deal. A I think he's gonna like, dude. I don't know. I'm a huge Lakers fan, and I'm afraid if he goes Lakers, he's gonna request like a max, like four or five-year deal, which he normally just signs one-year deals. But I think if he goes to the Lakers, he's gonna be all right. I'm gonna finish my career here. Give me five years, two hundred and some million dollars, and you're gonna have no choice but to pay it because this LeBron James. But father time always wins, and. Mm-hmm. Are we, I think, uh, are we sure that it's going to with LeBron though? Because, I don't, I mean, dude, he's, he's kind of like he's the last couple of games. It's January, <laughs> so like January, LeBron never matters. Who was defensively? No, but who defensively? There, he was not having his best year before he got hurt. Trash. No, 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 no. Yes, he was, bro. Yes, I want to see the numbers, I, dog. Yeah, he averaged like thirty-four I'll, points I'll, I'll, a game. I'll prove it to you, bro. I'll prove it to you. No, no, no. I'm saying best best statistical um, – Yeah, I I'm know. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, shooting yeah, the ball. I know the stats. I'm just saying. Field goal percentage. From the eye test, it wasn't his best year. But all it takes is all it takes is one injury, though. I'm talking field goal. I saw, I saw a thing on Twitter. Do you guys follow Nate Jones? Yeah. He's, like a, uh, he's a basketball agent. He's Damian Lower's guy, I think. Um, I don't think so. Anyway, no, he was saying he always tweets about basketball. He was saying the Lakers should trade Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, and Julius Randle for Anthony Davis. Because what it would do is like if you get Anthony Davis, then other players are going to want to play there. So yeah, you lose like your young core, but now you have one of the top five players in the world, and then facts. I'm I'm a big Anthony Davis fan. That I wanted to look easy, man. Was that a deal? Boogie for Brandon Ingram last year. That's when Mitch got fired. <laughs> yeah, I mean they Mitch uh, declined it. That's that's why what they got that fired. Game? That was the last straw. That's an inside scoop, right there. Yeah, that dude, might be I, the first time that's ever been heard in the public, Sam. 
No, I haven't. All came out. No, are you kidding me, bro? Demarcus got Brandon Ingram, and they rejected. I mean, it was a done deal. Like that's what the Kings. It yeah, was the I don't Kings, think right? that yeah, has been recorded. Wanted. That's breaking news. <laughs> I was no. gonna say, Google it, bro. Google it. And then, and then, going back to LeBron, my my favorite. I well, I don't know. It's kind of a tie between Houston and this other place. What about San Antonio? <laughs> Go play for Marcus Aldridge, Kawhi. Sorry, and just win. Yeah, win seventy five games. Call it a day. Kawhi Leonard. Here's the other thing with LeBron, though. I think Kawhi would be fine with playing. He's not super coachable. As far as, go ahead. I'm just saying, like whatever LeBron wants, he basically gets. And so, you go to San Antonio, it's no longer the LeBron four shooters offense that he likes to run. It's no, we're going to run this system because that's what we run. And like, you're really good, but you need to be in the system. Um. Yeah, and I would love to see LeBron in that type of system. In San Antonio? 100%. You don't think he's better in – I mean, I think he's better in the fast pace off. I don't know. That could be the other thing with San Antonio I mean, is Pop's like Cleveland probably the really best in the world fast. at extending careers and like making sure players can play for a long period of time. So that would be super interesting. Mm. Yeah, but that has to be like he'd probably he'd probably play like thirty games. They would, just, they would be so good do. he could just rest whenever he wanted. The Cavs got to make a. The Cavs are going to make a move. I on, think. I think trading Kyrie was silly. I think they should have just stuck it out. Um, because, I mean, the thought process I guess was, hey, Jay Crowder is like a three and D guy, um, but now he can't really shoot, so he basically just plays defense, and he's not really good enough to switch on everything so we can't really guard any guards so he's kind of a wash then you have isaiah thomas who can't guard me who yeah is a bucket but he's also my size as well how how bad is it gonna suck for isaiah thomas when lebron leaves town and he's stuck with isn't he on a one-year deal though kevin love jr smith did, did you hold a second Dad, do you didn't you just say LeBron's not leaving though? So I literally never said that. You never said that. No. You didn't say he was leaving. No, I said he. I said he probably is going to leave. I think he's going to leave. <laughs> you think for sure he's? <laughs> In my I opinion, I mean, I can't say for sure. I'm not LeBron James, but I would. I would think. I would think. Seeing, yeah, seeing is the way that the season has been going so far. I don't think they have a chance at all to beat the Warriors. Um, and that's kind of what you have to strive for in the modern NBA. Uh, and you know, I, I think if he's serious about winning another championship, which I'm sure he is again, I'm not him, but I'm sure that's the goal. He's probably going to have to get out of town and, and go to a different squad. And that's just the way it is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I, that bothers me too. When people get all up in their feelings about like where, where players go. You say he needs to go to the Lakers? But who else are they going to get? Paul George? I think Paul George is a lock. He's going to go to the Lakers. I would agree. But who do the Lakers give that up there? That might be a trade deadline thing. I give up I give up Brandon Ingram in a heartbeat. I don't know. 
probably third team. I like Brandon Ingram's game though, but I'm just saying, like you have Brandon Ingram or you have Paul George. Like, okay, He's amazing. I'll take Paul George. Next question for you guys: MVP, who you got right now? I'll take Paul George. I had James Harden until he kind of got hurt. Obviously, there's still time when he gets back for him to kind of make that case. Um, Clint Capella is a, you know, he's a quiet one, but I think he's up there. Clint Capella. <laughs> Clint Capella. He definitely, he definitely raised his stock by going uh, was to a the, power the move for sure. locker room. That for sure was a, that's a step in the right direction for the MVP. Yeah, no doubt about it. I agree, Luke. I, I, you know, I we talked about this the other day. I love James Harden. He's one of my favorite players ever to watch. Um, I don't know. I he's probably my current MVP. But like you said, I don't know if him getting hurt takes away that momentum. Have we ever I'm seen? Sure. I'm sure he'll come right back and just two players as good as KD and Steph be in their prime and on the same team outside of maybe Kobe and Shaq. I think. I mean, Michael Jordan. I guess I think. Obviously, I, I, think I don't know. That was pretty good duo right there. I don't think that was. I don't think that was D Wade's prime. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade being prime for about two years. Dwayne Wade wasn't prime though. No. Yeah, I mean, dude. Like first Steph is a year, two-time MVP. KD is closing the gap on Together. LeBron every single game, basically. Like I still think it's LeBron, but KD's really freaking good. And really, really good defensively. Mm. Like he might he win defensive player. Defensively, of the year. I was just about to say that's kind of the the difference right now. LeBron. I mean, the other night I was watching the the Golden State Cleveland game, and extra step that was dirty. LeBron was guarding Steph, and Steph like same foot stop, extra stepped him, and and it was disgusting, and. I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, dude, he, LeBron like put up no resistance for him. To, that looks super easy. I mean, obviously, Steph is one of the best. But also, NBA, how but much like, is it that LeBron defensively? Care. LeBron's just not like, what he used to be. His only, it feels to me like his yeah. only driving force right now is maybe I can win MVP. Like that's got to be LeBron. Like it's it's what year eight going into the finals this year if he goes. Like, what really do you care in the regular season anymore? I know after like three pickup games, I've stopped caring about defense. Let alone like an, another eighty-two game season. Like LeBron really doesn't start to be LeBron. I feel like I have the same conversation with myself every year, and then the playoffs come, and I'm like, oh shit, okay, yeah, he's still the best player in the world by far. Like, not even close. Mm-hmm. Playoff LeBron is the best. No, KD was. That guy last year in the finals, but it's also a lot easier for KD to get his looks than it is LeBron because he has two of the best shooters in the world, like spaced out, and one of the best passing, like, four men of all time. Right. So, yeah, there's so much more space. Yeah. So much. I don't know. I feel LeBron's going to kind of. Do you guys watch football at all? Like NFL football? Well, I think. Well, all I'm saying is like I think no, Tom Brady's no, going to win all. another MVP, but it's basically because there's really no one else to like give it to, and like I, I kind of feel like that's going to be like LeBron this year. It's going to be like LeBron, I mean, and I'll then like James Harden, 
And then like you can't really give it to Steph or KD. Giannis had a great year, but they're not really super good. He's like one or two years away. They're like, "Eh, okay, we'll give it to you, LeBron, because we probably should have gave it to you a couple years that you didn't get it. No, I don't think LeBron's going to get the MVP. I think it would probably be James if he keeps continuing the way he is. I mean, at the end of the day, though, LeBron, I, I will agree with that. I, I think James Harden is, you know, obviously having a, a great year and everything like that. But that's the, the other thing is you look at these guys like LeBron has been clearly the best player in the world for, I don't know, however long it's been. So a guy like that for, you know, Steph Curry and – I don't know, whoever else has won the MVP the last few years, even like Russell Westbrook last year, I always think LeBron should be one or two in the MVP race. Probably he should be the MVP because, I mean, if you look at a guy like LeBron the James, thing, if you like, take you put him LeBron off his on any roster, team, like, what do you have And you there? can make a you case I mean? that they you have a You, you can finals. always say that about him. <laughs> like, and, well, you put LeBron, honestly, on any team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you put him on which is you put absurd, him on yeah, Orlando Magic, and anybody. I think they have a pretty decent shot at coming out of the East. You know what I mean? Like, which is insane. The, the, biggest, the biggest LeBron argument, and I don't like getting into the argument about, like, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, whatever, you know, who else? Kareem Abdul, whatever, whoever the best is. Well, that's because Kobe Bryant's better. But. Right. Okay. So, anyway, you look at, you look at LeBron – when he left Cleveland the first time, and I think, I don't know, they went, they won like 60 games. You take LeBron off that team and have the same team coming back, and yeah. they they couldn't have beat some of the guys that I play with at the But how club. much is that? You know what I mean? Like they're, so I think, they win like 13 I think games. it does, but like when I think about left. that, it's also because the whole yeah, offense much is structured an- around him. And so like when he leaves, like the offense, you know what I mean? It's not like there's no system. And so it's like a lot of teams, if a player leaves, like the Celtics, like even if Kyrie were to, to not be on their team anymore, even with Gordon Hayward being out, they would be okay. They wouldn't be number one in the East, but they'd be okay because they have a system of basketball. With LeBron, it's – yeah, with – but I mean with – yeah, but with LeBron yeah, – they, they have good players. <laughs> Yeah, that team was at, garbage. At that point in time, LeBron leaves, and garbage. you've got Anderson Vergeau, um, Booby Gibson, and facts. You know what I mean? He just like, did it in a very play. bad way, um, which is why he left. But he also donated millions of dollars to the Boys and Girls Club when he did it. But for sure, don't want to talk about that. we don't even need to talk. about So, it. next question: You're starting a team right now. Who are you picking? Which is great. Which is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking Trey Young. Let's get him on the squad. I'm I'm giving him the green light. Come in here, Trey. So you can Adam, shoot wherever so Adam, you want. NBA, any you're NBA player, you're picking the freshman tennises somehow. Let's go. Come on. Damn, that was mine, dude. Give me Trey Young. Give me Leangelo Ball. What'd you say? Sam, Sam's taking Leangelo Ball. I'll take Trey Young. Actually, I'll take all three brothers. Yeah, I'm going with Jimmer. I'll take all three brothers. I still think uh, Jimmer's dropping 85 a game in China. I feel like he's still got some tick in him. That was one of the most upsetting things. That was one of the most upsetting periods of my life is when Jimmer Fredette didn't 
It's not a bad pickup. Uh, he's selling his own shoes. He's killing it. He's a man, he's a man in China, man. But in all seriousness, I'm picking KD. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing great. Oh, uh, you're so big time. I don't. Oh, look, what I was asking, I was having a conversation with a couple of guys last week. <laughs> right. I mean, a couple yeah, damn, bro. Regular guys. How much did you? Bill, how much did you bill him for that? Was it a consulting fee? You talk to regular people. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ! Um, uh, Carry I'm on with your story, Sam. Instagram notifications right now. <laughs> Um, so I was wanting to know, yeah, like, yeah, we all, what was Michael Jordan's son's name? Marcus Jordan, right? Marcus Jordan, Marcus Jordan, Mark- yeah. he was the same age I, as me, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was wondering, I was reading about him. He, apparently, no way, he has his own little shoe thing going on. I'm not trying to talk shit, but actually, I am talking I don't shit. I don't anything, Sam. How watch your language? Carry on. We got kids listening to this. I am talking crap. But if I was Mark, uh, Michael Jordan's son, I would be in the gym every day trying to exhaust myself every day just trying to even make a reputation of being Michael Jordan's son. Billions like, of dollars. I, I know there's complacency and you have like millions and millions of dollars around you and maybe that would change me. Millions <laughs> of dollars and maybe I wouldn't Bro, want to work hard. Would. but. <laughs> I I don't know I don't know if it's and that's for you guys to answer too but I would be in the gym every day. What I would say, what I was just about to say, what I would say in response to that is Marcus Jordan was like a top five player in the state of Illinois his senior year of high school. I mean, it's not like he was a scrub. I'm talking about like college though. Yeah, I mean, he had a good career. I think he went to UCF. He had a good career. I mean, obviously, he's not ever going to live up to Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? I'm not, but necessarily. That. I, I know just, you're not. I'm just saying, the, like, he's in the top three percent of basketball. I don't know. Players. I wouldn't say that the kid was just like, like given everything. I, I, I think he worked for it, right? You can't look at a you can't look at a guy like that and say, "Oh, he, he didn't really pan wrong. out." You know what I mean? I don't know. I just view it differently. I could be wrong. I'm not going to well, say you're wrong. I'm not going to say you're right. I'm just gonna look at my followers right now. I will say that you probably have about four thousand more followers on Instagram than I do. So, <laughs> you buyers again? No, I haven't, I haven't resorted to that yet. I've been thinking about it. No, I'm just kidding. I would never do that. I mean, buy your followers now. I've got over. I've got over Sam's a grand. The worst person of all time. In your bank account? You are That's so. Good. You are so LA. It's unreal. Barely. Yeah, Sam is literally anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> Marcus Jordan, well, you're about to move here, buddy. <laughs> you can't say anything. Yeah, well, where did Marcus Jordan? Where, Here's where, the where thing. did we get to that anyway? Do you feel? How did we get to I was having a conversation about it last for you week guys. with you guys, and that's and why Sam, I, I feel like up. your view might be a little different because you're yeah, around I, it more. Marcus Jordan is. Six four. So let's say let's take a six four, one hundred and eighty five pound dude, right? Athletic. Do you feel well, like that dude can work himself into the NBA if he works hard enough? Or how, or how much of that is 
he's 27. I'm not saying now. I'm saying like growing up. Yeah, man. Just a, someone who's 6'4", 185 pounds, pretty athletic, normal cat. Like if that guy works hard enough, do you think he can make himself an NBA player? Zach, your thoughts? I think it starts the earlier in year in high year. school. Yeah. I'm not saying it's too late. Yeah. You Man, my, I hate this. I freshman not too late, guys. Come on. I don't want to. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that the, a kid like that doesn't have a chance or anything like that. I think you always have an opportunity. You know what I mean? If you put in the right type of work. Um, you have good people influencing you and you have, you know, you surround yourself with positive influences in your circle and you have good coaching and, and all that good stuff. I think there's a lot of things that have to go right. Um, 6'4", 185. I mean, uh, I don't know. I have, a, I have, there's a lot of 6'4", 185 pound guys that, out there that are really, 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 really good at basketball. And Be careful, guys. Okay, when you're 6'4", uh, you're 14. You know, That's Jason was right around the same height when we, 27. You know, when Drew had him when he was 14. But like, what's, what's Jason at now? Six to eight. I'm saying like, if yeah, you so had like that's a different story. Like if, He's six, eight with like a seven, one wingspan. I'm saying. That's not what I said. A freshman. I said a guy who was, was going like to end up being six, four, 185. You couldn't, if he does everything possible, is it a lock that he's going to be in the NBA? No. I'm just, for the sake of the podcast and dialogue and conversation, you have a kid I'm like just that. asking. Because I, I don't want to say no. I don't want to say like, no, but like, I think it's super... I, I think that there's... I think people don't so understand how hard it exactly. is to get to... No, no, I, let alone just play college basketball somewhere. And then you're talking to be NBA. That's crazy. Right. And like a guy. So a guy like super the, the physical profile that you're talking about is like Brad Beal. Brad Beal is insanely good at basketball. We, we've all seen him, right? Sam spent a ton of time around him. Luke, I know that you've spent some time around him. He's unbelievably good at basketball. I've seen like I you know I I I was a basically a scout team player at Illinois State University and we had we had guys on our squad that could go, you know, but like at the end of the day they had no chance of playing in the NBA. And they fit the exact profile that you're talking about, 6'4", 185, they're skilled, they can do a lot of good things. There's a guy that, you know, I, I had an opportunity to work out with when I was in college named Osiris Eldridge. I think he's playing still in Turkey right now. And he fit that mold. He's 6'3", strong bodied, could really shoot, could finish, was super athletic, 6'3", 210 pounds or something like that. He scored 56 points or something in a D-league game when he's playing for the Bakersfield Jam a couple years out of college. And he never sniffed the league. You know what I mean? You have to be insanely good and you've got to be lucky too. So I think it's, it's hard to say like, Oh, I could guarantee you you're six, four, I guarantee you we're going to be able to work you into it. I think maybe, you know, that's a good foundation. You're, and I believe, you know, if you hard, if you work hard enough and you work with intention and you work, you know, on the right things, you, 
you could you could potentially have a chance. But I would never say like to a, like if I was working with a kid, I would never tell him, you know, oh we're gonna guarantee we're gonna guarantee that you're gonna be in the league one day. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like that's just me. Like we're gonna work as hard as we possibly can. Yeah, to make your I dream know. Like just reality. looking at. Just but, looking at like guys from KU, like that's a lot of pressure, um, which is kind of like in my backyard that like I know and have worked with in the past that are like super good. It's like, whew, dang, like you're looking at the draft boards, like man, you're not even all, you know what I mean. Um, and those guys aren't even just college basketball players; those guys are college basketball players at one of the top five programs in the like in the country. Yeah, and that's um, what I'm saying. But the reality is, like, that's not to say you can't. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Very true. And it's not just our and it's and it's just not and it's not just our country too. You know what I mean? It's a global game. Like some of these guys, so I've got a couple buddies that have played overseas and and they play with guys that, you know, are high major college basketball players and they go overseas and they're like, "Dude, these guys suck." You know what I mean? They're they're like, "Oh, they're really athletic. They've got, you know, all the measurables and stuff like that, but their basketball IQ is super low. They don't, they're not super skilled. You know what I mean? So there's guys overseas that can really play too. And that's the other thing you're competing against so many people. And, uh, it's, it's, it's tough to say that like, just because, you know, you're this height, you're this weight. You have I just these don't think people so have, understand you know, the, and Sam, you can attest to this exact to obviously say, too. Like, you know, is how you could good be an NBA, NBA players player. are. It's, it's like, People don't understand how good Division Two players are, like in general, let alone like Division One cat. But when you get in these NBA workouts in the summer, like Brad Beal does not miss, mm-hmm. just doesn't miss. And, and all these other guys that roll through the gym, like Wiggins during workouts, was like won't miss, right? And like it's crazy. Like I saw a clip of Andre Roberson the other day making fourteen to fifteen NBA threes from the corner, and like obviously in a game he's not making one of 15 from the corner, <laughs> but like these guys are so good that you really start to see how good they are in a workout setting. When you go through a 55 minute workout and they make 90% of their shots at full speed. It's like, what? It's just next level. Like, I don't know, Sam, you probably Zach, you, but Sam, you're, I guess around it the most. Um, get mm-hmm. to see that. Yeah, I was, uh, for the sake of the conversation, not trying to brag or anything like that. But, uh, I was working out, um, Jordan Carson's little brother and uh, Jordan's best friend in the summer. And then Andre was um, like barely re- kind of recovering on the grind. He was about to be a, like a couple of two days out to get back into workouts. And he, and he wanted to jump into this workout. And we were just doing some ball screen stuff. and. Um, Andre is a really good friend of mine, so he was he jumped in, did like the ball screen read, snaking the ball, left hand, left foot yeah, finish. Just super like, skilled. I mean, I know what you're saying. Like these guys can can do everything pretty much in a in a workout setting. I mean, it's weird to see Andre go off for ball screen, but like everything I was telling him to do, he was doing it right, you know. I know what you're saying. But I don't know. I guess I just have a different mentality because I've been around Drew and I know like which is really Jason tall. is was six four at least coming out of like a freshman still in high school. So I don't know. 
And also, I, he was the number one, or like he was a number, he was a top five freshman in the country. You know what I mean? If you're identified as a top five player in the country, you know, like, are, are we talking? Are we talking like barely, you have a six four yeah, freshman Linky, that's a top five player yeah. in the country? Or are we yeah. talking just like a six four one eighty five like kid that's, you know what I mean? Because there's a difference. I want to know. I want to know what he was ranked truly before coming to high school. I, I really Regardless, want to say he's though, top even five, if it was really just Missouri, truly, like really if you're the top five, if it one was the top country, five freshmen Missouri. in Missouri, I, I don't you're know. six four, I don't whatever. Know then it's like okay, you got some skill. You can probably, we can probably go somewhere with this. Now, he's also had the ability to work with, in my opinion, the best trainer in the world. Almost the only guy that Drew works with in high school exclusively for the last four years. So that. Or six years or whatever. So that's obviously helped mm-hmm. his progress. Um, but to take some random kid who's the same height as Jason, who just you know started playing college basketball or high school or middle school basketball in sixth grade. Oh well, now you're in eighth grade and you're six four. Like we're going to turn you into a pro because we did it to Jason Tatum is a little inconsiderate to the fact of like probably the work that Jason's put in before his genetics. Um, mm-hmm. All that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I was just about to say, like, you know, Drew is we can all agree that Drew is one of, if not the best, at what he does, but let's not discredit, you know, a kid like Jason Tatum, who, you know, you is to a certain extent, you've either got it or you don't. He's one of those kids that people identified at a very, very young age. I don't know whether it was freshman year of high school, sophomore year of high school, whatever. By the time he was a junior in high school, there wasn't a whole lot of doubt that he was a top five undisputed player in the country. So for like a guy like that, um, you can look at a guy like that, you know, you can look at obviously um, genetically how, how big they're going to be, how tall they're going to be. And, uh, have you guys you know, ever read stuff the book we, uh, Outliers? I don't know. You have a better chance of being in the NBA if you're six eight and have Same a wingspan like Jason Tatum. You know, obviously. So, so like part of basically what the book talks about, like no. essentially like, the beginning of it, is super interesting. It talks about like the yeah. um, U.S. national hockey team and how all of them basically have the same birthdays. It's like April, or it's like January, February, March, April, um, because the deadline is something. And so, essentially, it says that like when they're younger because of the birthday deadline within the uh like the rules that the players that are older are considered to be better because they're more mature um they're a little bit faster a little bit stronger so then all of a sudden that they think they're better um but in reality they're just a little bit older and so then when they're young they start to put those guys in like the elite teams and then the national teams you know what i mean um, and it wasn't because they were better when they were younger. It was essentially just they were older. And so obviously you're going to be more mature. You're going to be faster. You're going to be stronger. Um, and so I don't know. It's kind of off top- topic, but that's something a little bit interesting because there is something that happens when you're young and you get put in environments with like really good training. And when you get put in, because the book talks about how those guys got basically hand-selected because they were older to get the best training, to get the best coaches, to get the best this. And then their percentage of going to like the NBA or not the NBA, like the whatever NHL was like a lot higher. Um, what'd you say? NHL. Yeah. 
And so I don't know. It's super Probably. interesting. There obviously is some stuff yeah. that happens when you're younger. Um, that NHL. that can help, you know, like holding your kid back for a grade, not holding him back, but don't send him to school, waiting him sit back for a year. So he's older and more mature. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting. I was just a random question I had about if mm-hmm. you think you could turn anyone into a pro. Cause I don't think you can obviously. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's tough to say, but Sam, you know, obviously Sam, you're on a different level than, than, <laughs> than either of us. So I think it has a lot to do with, uh, um, I don't know. Like to me, it's just more like an introvert attitude. Like players that are like Luke was saying, like players just growing up and having that advanced training and having that mindset of just waking up, training, eating, resting, training, eating. Like, like I think all three of us were um, can relate to this because we we know each other's life stories a lot, but we all wanted to achieve our dreams and we still want to achieve our dreams. Like we, we work hard. All three of us work really, really hard and we're willing to do things that normal people aren't really used to or normal people don't really want to do it. I'm not saying everybody listening to this podcast is not like that, but like I personally, I wanted to be a division one college soccer player. So I was always like in the gym, on the field, working out like crazy. Like I always had it in me to just put, my soccer first like i just wanted to achieve my dreams and prove everybody wrong that i was gonna play d1 and and i had mentality of just i didn't care about going to dances i just wanted to train like if i wasn't going to proms i was just going to the track i think we can all relate to that in some sort the three of us just putting everything to the side to achieve our wildest dreams and i think that's what every young nba player who are the best 400 players right it's 400 players in the nba somewhere around there They've all done that in some way, right? They've all done that in some way. They've achieved their dreams. It's just a matter of fact, when they get to the league, you know, whether they get that million dollar contract, they buy their mom a house, and then they're kind of they're they're done. They got they can get every chick possible. It's all the extracurricular things that they're satisfied and they don't really feel like working hard. That's why there's about maybe 10, 12 superstars, I agree with you 20 for sure. great, great I think players, 30 selling, good, good players. And I think me and you know, Zach probably have kinda, a different perspective because real like, quick. you're filming and you're around yeah. pros like daily in the summer, almost daily anyways. Our lives, yet we get like a, a sprinkle of that. But a lot of my life is the Mitch Ballack's of the world who's a 6'4" white kid from Kansas who probably works harder than anyone I've ever met, who is at Creighton right now. He's a freshman. Um, he's getting a lot of playing time. Like if he'd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. But. By the way, this kid is sick. Right. But like, is he going to make it to the NBA? I, play I don't know. For his sake, I definitely hope really, so. Really We're going to try. But like, if and he look, doesn't. I've seen it's not a product of him not working hard or him. You know what I mean? Like, that's all, that's all I'm saying. Like his ceiling might be, I'm going to go overseas for six years and play. I don't right, know. Exactly. Which is exactly. super yeah, good. No, I, and like, all I'm saying I mean, is like, no matter what, all, all the things we're saying is pretty much in the same line. Like if you want to get amazing. there, your only real which chance is, is just to like basically 
dedicate your life to the game of basketball. Um, now, granted, there's some of these guys who are just freaks. There's always outliers with everything. But for the most part, like, you know, mm-hmm. give it everything you have, try, and then wherever you end up, you can at least be like, hey, I gave it everything instead of, damn, dude, if I would have worked a little bit harder, maybe I could have got this or could have got that. I guess. Yeah. Right. And a kid like Mitch, you know, he's what oh. you're doing with him and what he's done yeah, for himself. He's from, I would say, he's from for a guy like that, he's, you know, he's, he's basically six maximizing four, but his what he's done is player. a product you know of him, I mean? I don't think not me. Like, I was just that. there to help a little bit, but like, it's a product of him. Honestly, like, I remember last year, I've told this story after his first game of the year, I FaceTimed him. How'd you do? All right, I didn't really shoot it too well. I was like, all right, bro, well, you'll get uh, you'll get it, whatever. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm in the gym shooting. Just like, all right, you're a freak. I hang up, I get on Twitter, he had 42 points. Like, that type of mindset, you know what I mean? Like, it's allowed him, it's not, it's not common, but it's also why he is where he is. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of these high school players, not common. They think D1 is like amazing, and then they think D2 exactly. is like, kind of shitty. And the reality is like, dude, you will get, oh, you can't guard anyone in D2. And you're not going to score. It's like D1 or bust for these guys. And it's like, dude, and you're not working not. hard enough to be on a JV squad at a MIAA school right now. <laughs> Let alone, you play any college basketball, especially in my area where like it's a bunch of small white kids. If you play, any, honestly, I mean, like the, yeah. Any level of college basketball. Right. I'm all about, for me, For me, like, if you can maximize your potential as a basketball player and you work as hard as you possibly can, um, like, the, like the example that you've given on this Mitch kid, uh, I don't think there's any – you can never – say like, you know, it wasn't worth it in the end. I think that's exactly what you said earlier. Um, so that's what I try to encourage, you know, the younger kids that I work with, the high school kids that I work with, even yeah. to, you know, to a certain extent, although once they get to that level, uh, they're pretty self-motivated as the college guys for the most part. Um, but, you know, if you, at the end of the day, if you're not willing to put in the work, you know, good things aren't going to happen. But if you can, like Sam said, sacrifice – um, kind of put things that like the world tells you, you know, chasing girls, having fun with your friends, hanging out, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, if you can put those things on hold and, you know, use your time to, to focus on what you really want to do. Like if you want to be a division sure. yeah, great basketball example. player, you have to work extremely hard for it, especially if you don't have like the natural physical abilities, like, a guy like a guy like Drew, you know, he, yeah, I mean, Great. he's he's what five ten, five eleven, and he, the reason why he got to where he was at is because he sacrificed pretty much everything. He tells that story all the time. So I mean, there's really yeah. no secret. You have to make tons of sacrifices in anything in life, and that's the that's the nice thing about what we do. We can help these kids once the ball stops bouncing, right? In anything in life, you have to make sacrifices. You have to work extremely hard. And you have to be lucky to a certain extent. And, you know, to answer Sam's question, I think 
anything's possible through hard work, but um, I don't think that you can look at like a kid starting the fr- their freshman year and like say ultimately if this kid doesn't make it to the NBA, you know they're going to be a bust. You know what I mean? Like that's just you want to maximize your potential. You want to have the best career you possibly can. When it's time to make a college decision, you have to pick the best basketball academic fit, whatever the yeah. case may be. Because I think you hit and, it on the uh, head where it's like helping you know, when the ball stops that, bouncing. Man. I mean. Um, because for 90, for a hundred percent of the players anyone works with, but for 90% of the players that we work with, that's going to be in the next four or five years from when we meet them. And I think that's a problem with a lot of trainers and not to like bash on anyone personally, but like, is they see players as just like a dollar sign. You know what I mean? Or they see players as someone that can just help them like get followers or help you know what I mean help their clout um when the reality like mm. dude they're going to be 24 if if they're lucky or not if they're lucky but if things work out for them like in a great scenario they're going to be 23 or 24 and be done with playing basketball like is it are you done with them then because they can't do anything for your career as a trainer anymore are you done caring about them and hopefully the answer is no and i think for pure sweat people like it is no um i think that's kind of one of our like our things like pure sweat fam is truly like a family. It's like you can be playing or not playing. It doesn't mean I'm going to care about you more because you're a really good player or care about you less because you're a JV as a sophomore. Like it's still the same thing. Everyone has their own journey. Everyone has their own path. Like we're going to do this thing together type feel. Sam, I got a quick question for you and I got to get out of here before I'm late for my class and Zach. So Sam, you're, videographer for pure sweat film guru etc you've started to train a little bit what is your five ten year just overall plan like do you want to start training more is training something you do like when you're not recording because you enjoy it now and you've been around it and you like it is that what you want to do full-time or do you want to become like the best videographer and storyteller in basketball i'm jealous of your ability to film and create stories and short stories. Like I think that's really, really cool. I just listened to a um, podcast with Kobe Bryant this morning talking about his short or short story storytelling with like deer basketball and his companies and stuff. Um, I'm not talented enough to do that. I can't, I wish I could, but like, what is your, what do you see yourself doing? What do you enjoy? What's your path? Like, where's that going? Um, yeah, I can't, I can't tell you what's going to happen or, um, but what I can say is that I do enjoy training. I think it just has to do with the byproduct of just what Drew has taught me and just being around him so much. So, um, I don't try to be like him, but I, I've tried to, uh, kind of form my own way of trying to motivate people. And I think that's the most I've, I've gotten from Drew is how to, how people tick, what motivates them, finding out in the first five minutes of what type of person they are in a workout or how they function is is pretty cool to see how I can kind of read people. I think we're all I think everybody here can read a basketball player pretty well. If something's going wrong in their head or they're overthinking it, if they're bringing life into the gym, like I think we can all see that. And sometimes it's just good just to pull them out from the workout and just talk about life. I think all three of us can 
are really relatable and that's what makes us, you know, really good people and, and being able to relate and really understand and care for our players. But to answer your question, I like doing both. Like, I think I had an idea about, you know, kind of mixing my training in with storytelling and, and kind of, uh, I started training a little bit, a few guys that kind of like don't really have good circumstances in terms of ball, but, um, I was even thinking about kind of recording and making stories out of their stories and trying to motivate them them in that way. But I haven't even charged yet at all for training. I just do it just because it makes me feel at peace. You know, I really try I really fell in love with the game this past summer. Just being in the gym for like six hours a day training, training some of the high school guys, wet ball, Zach's favorite guy. He's a man. (laughs) Um, but Man, like I haven't charged at all. Like I just do it for free. I just find peace with it. It makes me it makes me happy, and I get to do that with working with the best basketball players in the world. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, right. it's, it, I mean, honestly, last week I was training uh, Jordan Clarkson's best friend Shannon. Um, I think you met him, Luke. Back um, but he came through with Jordan, and then. Jerome was like, yeah, what's up, man? Like, can I get in? I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, you sure you want to go? Like, if it's an off day, bro. Like, you got you to gotta take it easy. I was just being really protective. So, yeah, bro, I'm going to see what you got. So, I actually worked out Jordan and Chan at the same time. So, that's pretty cool just to have that trust, um, especially with Jordan, especially just with the NBA guy in general. So, I think – to me, yeah, that's super it's cool. Just, I think right now, um, I don't even know if it's going to lead that, like, to like an charging advantage for you. Like and I'm that, looking forward right to for just, like I find me, a lot of joy. No, we in can't it. really talk about it, but um, it just brings me. It's like even when I went to LA for a week, and then when I went out to pre-draft this past summer for a week, like when you walk into it, I remember walking into LA. Um, I was with Matt Pugh and walking into the gym and seeing Wiggins, and seeing Beal and Clarkson and David Lee, and I think uh, Willie Reed was out there and all those guys like at first I was like nervous. God, man, like, uh, hope I don't, you know what I mean? Hope I don't mess up. And then you're sitting there and like day three, I'm just having like a normal conversation with Kelly Oubre before his workout starts. And then you start to really realize that. And this was like big for just me growing up as a person. Um, was it doesn't matter like what you do, how much money you make. Like this is a person, just a dude. It's just a dude who's just really good at something but he's just a dude. Um, and I think that was one of the big takeaways that I've had or I had from my time is like these, these are just guys and like, they don't want, they don't want people to think of them as something else. Cause they get that enough. You know what I mean? Like they're constantly yeah. getting autographs or sign this or get this picture, or do this or this. Like they just want cats that oh, what's up, bro. How was your night? What'd you do? Oh yeah, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like in just normal conversations that you would have with other people, you can have with them. Obviously their stories are a little bit different um, (laughs) because they're at that level, but they're just people. And I think something that's something that's like probably helps you out a lot too, is when Jordan Clarkson walks in the gym, he's not really Jordan Clarkson. He's just, you know what I mean? He's like the same guy you've seen the gym for three straight years now. Yeah, exactly. And they're just they're just normal people, man. And that's uh that's why uh, Yeah, so you gonna where's your example? Like it's so hard to find so you never text me back. Um, yeah, carry on. You guys, on Everett. Hear, you guys He's have the video heard about guy, right? Everett. 
uh, we're, we're bringing him on this past summer. He was my intern. He was helping out. Yes. And uh, it's hard to find guys that are just easygoing, that are not up in players' faces and trying to hang around their shoulder. And, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about, like forced conversation. You know, it's, it happened naturally. Like, it's hard to find you know, guys like that to just to have the mentality, just being like, okay, you know, I'm going to work really, really hard. I'm going to film really, really, you know, film really, really good and, and, uh, and not really press players. Like I'm just going to do my thing. And then if the conversation happens then it happens and we get close, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the best mentality to have with, with NBA guys. And, and that's what I, that's what even drew really liked too, was that he wasn't overbearing. He wasn't overstepping. Like, you always ask questions if it was okay to film certain things, even ask the players if it was okay. Like, and then like Kelly and Myers and, um, they just, they like, they started interacting with them. So it was cool to see that side of things too. Yeah. When, uh, I mean, I remember like, like NBA Kelly clients, you've been filming for the past like four the years. Age. They kind of opened like, up to like, somebody that you start to trust. Like he's, that, that was he's like, cool he's too. my age. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're really good at basketball, but whatever. <laughs> like, cool. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but, you know, they're just, at a young age, they're throwing into so yeah. much stuff. It's unreal. Like, it's something that, it's a totally different conversation we don't have time to get into. It's crazy. But I just saw where Devin Booker scored 40, he had, what, 40-some, 6 and 8 or something. Here it is. He had 43 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals. And it was like reminder, Devin Booker's twenty one. And it's like what? Like I'm twenty. What would you say? Yeah, I was like, dude, I'm twenty two. Like these guys are just they're just dudes with a lot of money. Um, and he already scored two points. <laughs> and he already scored seventy two points already. But like. Like I said, like all these guys that make it to NBA, they all had intrinsically some or extreme or I can't say the opposite. Extreme, extreme. I can't say it, but you guys know what I'm saying. But they all had some type of motivation, you know, to get to the league, wanting to be the best. And then it, it, it's their choice when they get there if it fades away or it's the same stuff. I guess we kind of like have motivation for. They, There's just had that they get put on a high platform when they get there get out of being poor <laughs> like you know it's, it's all that motivation you hear it's all true you know a lot oh yeah like like how many kids like how many kids want to like have your type of business have your type of training flow in kansas luke you probably don't even know about it but no, you know, I do. Yeah. Have, but I think the problem, my biggest thing is like have, trusting Luke, Luke, you probably want to have what that like it's going to need to happen here in LA. Like, I have you very not, big, you have those I'm Zach, I'm assuming right? that you're you know? the same way, um, like very big goals and expectations like for myself as far as what I want my career to look like. And I think I don't rush it, but sometimes I'm like, all right, man, like, how am I, you know what I mean? Like, what's next? How am I going to get there? What do I need to do? Blah, 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 blah. And sometimes it just takes time, <laughs> which sucks. Um, but that's just, it is what it is. And like, I struggle with that. I struggle with that a lot lately for some reason. Um, 
just mm-hmm. feeling stagnant and feeling like I'm just doing what I've been doing. Like I want to be doing this. I'm not there yet. And I know I have some big opportunities coming in the next four or five months that'll help me get there. Um, but it's a hard thing that I go through. And, you know, we talked about yesterday a little bit off the podcast and how like, you don't know, like you could have, you could be training the best player in the world and the next week they could go and want to train with somebody else. And what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> no, you can't do that. They're going to be like, I screw you, dude. Um, and so my big thing is just trying to focus on making sure that like my knowledge of stuff is very, very high. Um, and almost like not scheduling as many workouts as I used to and trying to like prepare myself in the winter to like learn if that makes sense. Um, Cause it's super hard to watch film and to like study stuff when you're in the gym from five till 10 and you had school all day and this and that. And like, yeah, you're working, but you're not really learning. Um, but at some point I want to put that like knowledge to use, like no offense, but you can't, Knowing all the cover defensive coverages in the world doesn't really matter if you're training a seventh grader. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if Zach, if you have any thoughts on that. Because you, when I talk to you, Zach, like you actually level me out sometimes, like talking to you about different things. Because you've had success training like some NBA guys, right. which you don't talk about not enough. Like you're super humble, um, but you've always just been kind of, well, if it happens, it happens. And I'm, like, I'm really happy with where I'm at and like where I've gone and what I'm doing. And like for me, that's like very comforting to hear, which is kind of weird because I've never said it. Um, but it seems like you're just at a really good place, like in your head constantly. Yeah, so I mean, I'll... Going off of that, when I did the pre-draft thing, um, well, what was it, two years ago? Jeez. I mean, that was – everything that you're saying is 100% true. Like these players, um, they're just regular people. One of the best things, and I told you this when I did this and you were asking me, you know, is it worth it to go out to L.A.? I told you absolutely because, first of all, you're going to learn so much. Like if I look back at what I knew two years ago, three years ago, in comparison to what I know now, I think we would all say – that like it would be embarrassing you know what I mean I think I think back to that time even like I started doing this and this is the the next part of the deal that I was gonna uh, bring up and you brought it up earlier it takes time you know I've been doing this for seven eight years now um and like you said I've I've had a lot of like wonderful opportunities met so many great people that I'm I'm extremely thankful for um and, you know, I had some success and the players that I've worked with have had success, which has been great. But at the end of the day, you know, that's what it's all about. For me, it's helping people yeah. on a daily basis. That's, you know, my number one priority. Um, and then the, the main thing is I just love basketball. You know what I mean? I just I love basketball. I've dedicated my life to it. Um, and that's and I had this struggle, I, I think, when we talked about this exact topic a few months ago, Luke, I was kind of going through some similar things a year, year and a half ago, even two years ago when um, I quit my job and I went out to pre-draft, worked for free for a few months and came back and was concerned like, oh, how am I going to get my business rolling full time and all this stuff? And um, at the end of the day, if you have the opportunity to do what you love, you know, 
you have to make money. You have to be able to eat. You have to be able to pay rent. You have to be able to do all that stuff. Eventually, I want to have a family. Um, you got to provide for your family. But right now, like, I just know one thing. I love basketball. I want to be around the game of basketball for the rest of my life. I want to dedicate, um, you know, my life to helping other people through basketball, empowering people through basketball, encouraging other people through the game of basketball. And at the end of the day, um, you know, like you said, my goals are very high. I have high expectations and high aspirations for my career. Um, ultimately, I would, you know, feel extremely fortunate to be able to work for an organization um, in the NBA or, you know, even a, a high level college team and player development, whatever, you know, whatever happens, basically, I've put into God's hands. I'm going to work extremely hard. I'm going to put myself 100%. in a position like you alluded to earlier um, to the point where you're studying you know everything. You don't want to be in a position where you have an opportunity and you're not prepared for it. So um, I think you're doing everything right, Luke. I think you've got just a, a, a fantastic opportunity coming up here, like you said, in the next four months or so. Um, and I would just encourage you to you know, keep that passion. Um, keep last thing I want to say is like yesterday, keep working hard. I was on Snapchat for a waste of time. Um, and I think of ultimately course. good things are going to for you. I was and just looking have. at some people that were so older than me up, and they man. were talking about, it was like three straight snaps of, is it Friday yet? Can't wait till Friday. Can't wait till 5 PM. And they were just sitting at like a job that you could tell that they absolutely hated. And I remember sitting there thinking, damn, like, that would be awful. Like that would be awful to, to do that. Like our biggest problem is like we get home late or, you know, we have too many workouts that we can't eat in time. You know what I mean? We get hungry. Like, mm-hmm. but we literally get all three of us get to wake up every day and pretty much do what we love. Like I go to sleep thinking about basketball. I wake up thinking about basketball and then everything in between outside of school is pretty much geared towards basketball. And I think we are super like we work really, really hard. All three of us, like Sam had said that, but we're also pretty lucky to be where we're at. Like there's some luck involved. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I like, Oh, I get to watch film for three hours tonight. Like, okay. <laughs> I get to watch basketball exactly. games and that's working like, hard. I get to like help people become better at basketball and then hopefully at the end of the workout there's maybe some money involved like that's crazy i remember like four years ago dude i would never would have thought that that would even be i've told this story before and i'll keep it short but when drew came into my high school in my sophomore year and did a clinic and i was talking to him i was like my like i never thought that you could do this i was like all right there's basketball coaches you know what i mean i never the training aspect of it never came into my head like Never once did I ever think any of that was um, even a thing. So I feel super, super, super lucky. And sometimes you got to remind yourself how lucky you are to actually be doing what you're doing every single day um, compared to, you know, other people around us. So, Sam, you got anything? I appreciate I appreciate you guys hopping on the podcast after a week and a half of trying to get it done. We did it. No, man, I think you summed it up pretty fast. I'm going to leave it to the host. The big exactly. view. That's actually all part I'm going to stop the podcast before we get into the uh, uh, hide, hide schedule story. schedule wasn't working very well. 
had some late nights, some Not early mornings, but I'm glad that we late night high nights. How's that? Oh yeah, I'm all about it. How's the hair look? How's yeah, your hair look? Yeah. <laughs> That's for another time. But Luke, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, it was my big debut today. So hopefully I didn't mess up too bad. You're not prepared. Better, That's a little better get listening. All right, Joe. Uh, I knew that this wasn't going to have video chat involved or anything like that, so I didn't do the hair. It's not looking too great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, man. 